Welcome to Doom Forgotten Realms. I'm your Dungeon Master, Cody J. Badfish, you said you wanted to do a little recap, being that you were the new player. You want to do that really quick, or you want me to? Uh, well, a quick recap. We Our heroes ended basically defeating Strahd in his dragon bat dragon form or bat form sorry and he caused an earthquake to start destroying the castle and but then red tentacles started coming out of his destroyed form and then a portal opened and merlin and another character stepped out that's right strahd Vampire, Hadar, lay broken on the floor as these coin boys are crawling through their corpses. The spell that was going off uh, was an earthquake spell, and it was a last-ditch effort by Strahd if he was ever to die, that this ruby pendant on his neck would unleash the spell in his crypt and cause the entire castle to collapse. As that is happening, Ozal, time begins to move around you and distort a shimmering black portal opens up and stepping out is someone you have not seen in ages uh, with a wave of his hand he begins to cast a spell will you please make me two checks one I need arcana for you to identify what the spell is and two <coughs> I need you to make a constitution saving throw Okay, um, Arcana is going to be uh, 16, okay. and then a co Constitution, you said? Yes, sir. Constitution's going to be a 21. All right. Um, layer, token. Uh, the first spell that is cast is Kinetic Displacement. You see, as this, the green circle is what it represents, everything in the green circle stops. It ceases to move, and everything outside of it begins to keep moving in its normal flow of time. Burn. Oh, your constitution check. You lose concentration on your coin, boys, as the flow of time changes around you. Can I um, roll a perception check? Yeah. Uh, perception's a 17. I'm just curious, like... You said we've never seen this person, but do I feel threatened by this action? No, you have seen this person. You, oh, I you have. recognized the yes. I haven't gotten okay, his so description then. yet, but yes. Okay, sure. Okay. This is a 17. Yeah. Uh, he is this olive-skinned man. Uh, older. Definitely much, much older than what um, you had seen him last. He has kind of greasy white hair. His robes are this tarnished white color that is fading into black that kind of spreads out like mist and disappears and as shadows scattered across the floor. Um, he's missing an eye, and as he pulls back his hood, you can tell that his eye has been replaced with a perfectly rounded sapphire. Uh, you can make out tiny runes carved in the, this eyeball, if you will, yeah, and silver lines. Yeah, right? Um, Paul Schreiber, welcome. Thank you for our dice. Uh, $10. Hey, let's go. Do you want to give a greater enhancement to somebody? Hey. Uh, just throw that in the chat. And we, we appreciate it. Thank you so much for supporting our stream. 
Um, Burn, I need you to also make a constitution saving throw. Okay. Saving throw. That uh, uh, time displacement that happened, it's not possible to counterspell it, or it's not? 16. <laughs> uh, I will explain in just a second as to how why you cannot. 16. As this kinetic displacement reaches you, your body is beginning to slowly dismorph from dragon form back to burn. But it's happening, and you can see this the castle on the outside of this um, green line is just totally keeps eroding and falling down around you. You feel as though you are moving at what would be like 1 100th the speed of normal time. Oh, wow. Uh, Ozol, yes. It is as the portal opens, the spell goes off. So it was cast as he is crossing the threshold. Sure. Which is why you're not allowed to counterspell it. But what does happen is time around you specifically and this figure normalizes. Nothing in the environment is moving around you. It's just hanging as these loose bricks and dust. And you can see like skulls and bones from inside the castle of this crypt are stuck in the air as he pulls back his hood to look at you. As that is happening, and we'll get to that roleplay in a second, a second figure emerges out of the portal and leans down on the ground to look at the um, symbiote-esque Hadar writhing in pain as these coin boys just kind of fall flat. How would you like to proceed, Ozol? Um, I guess if I can make a... Um Second perception check on this um, person just walked through. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, 27. 27. They are wearing a black robe. Um, their f- figure is skeletal in nature, although some skin clings to unlife, to their bones. Um, they are adorned in gold jewelry. They kind of pulse with this black and purple power. You would assume it is some form of lich, uh, but it is not, does not have its attention directed towards you. It is leaning on the ground, extending a hand towards Hadar. Um, that's not good. Make a dexterity saving throw. Sure. Uh, deck saving throw is going to be a nat 20, a 23. Shooting up beside you is a large metallic hand that attempts to grab you. As you can see, Merlin's eye glow. Uh, it misses. You dodge out of its path. Uh, but this Big B's hand, or Merlin's hand, more or less, a perverted spell from the archwizard Big B that has attempted to grab you. Uh, I will say, what is the meaning of this, Merlin? Who is my this? My boy. My boy. You you have come. <sighs> the plan goes so smooth. This is our long-awaited master. A person who can help us finally save Arcadia. How can this be... Uh, he just kind of looks towards you, and he's like, 
What do you mean? You were sent out to bring my staff, my crystal, the knowledge that you have gained. You have come to this place to free me from this prison where I sought another power to help us bring back our world. Now we can reshape everything in our own image. Who is this, Merlin? Uh, the cloaked figure um, kind of opens up his his um, long black robes uh, as Hadar slithers into the shadows, uh, disappearing from your sight. Uh, he will stand and remove his hood and give you a slight bow. He says, I think you know who I am, Ozal. Merlin, have done with this. The Maruts will be here soon. Uh, Merlin extends a hand out towards you, uh, and the Bigby's hand uh, kind of rests, looking towards you, and he's like, come boy, it is time. Release the crystal to me. I cannot do that, Merlin. And Ozal will um, use the crystal's ability to... um uh, send it to an extra dimensional plane. Roll a contested um, intelligence check. And I need you to roll three. One for each entity that is currently residing inside the crystal. Uh, and I will what roll. What does contested mean? Uh, so, um, for you, all I need you to do is make an intelligence saving throw. I'm going okay. to roll some as well on my backside of the screen here. Uh, one for Merlin, one for Tenebris, one for Evil Ozol, and one for Magnus. So four on 29? Merlin, excuse me. 29. I have 35 for Merlin. I have 26 for Magnus. Sorry. 28 for Tenebris. I'm missing one. Who was the other one I was supposed to roll? Oh, Evil Ozol. Evil Ozol has a critical hit. Wait, what? Who's Evil Ozol? Dude, the ring. He's dead, though. No, that's his phylactery, my guy. His consciousness still resides. Uh, your crystal begins to vibrate violently as you try to dismiss it. Make a constitution check. As you engage in this battle of wills against Merlin. 21. Fail. Does uh, he get my buff? He does not, because you oh, are currently changing. Yeah. Yep. You, the rest of you, uh, Marius is frozen, screaming as his sword is streaking through the air, attempting to come at you, but he is moving so slow. Uh, Stolos, you are looking on in horror as you see this traumatic figure from your past, your patron himself, who you thought finally, finally you had rid yourself of Hadar, as he slithers into the shadows under this... Lich's cape. Kranglis, their eyes kind of focusing and unfocusing, trying to break free of this time spell. Ozal, your crystal fractures and shatters. Um, pieces of it fall to the ground as dust. The other pieces return to Merlin's hand one yellow, one black. And then as he sticks his hand out, the remaining piece 
of your crystal defiantly glows red. You see in your mind's eye, standing next to you, holding the staff with you, is Magnus. That was all. I will not go with you, Merlin, he says. And Merlin kind of shakes his head. He says, long have we planned for this day, Magnus. And his voice begins to kind of take on a deeper register as his eyes begin to glow. Both of his arms, where his um, this kind of cloak, this natural white cloak is, begin to burn and smoke as you see these demonic sigils come down both of Merlin's arms. He's like, you are mine. I bound you to that crystal. I've bound you to the shard and you will serve. Magnus defiantly holds on to the staff and he says, no, I will not. The burning hatred from Merlin kind of bubbles over and he says, fine. Have it your way. Have it your way. I curse you for the third time, Magnus. Instead of taking something from you, I will give back what I have stolen, Cathundrian. And as he says that, Magnus's form wivers, like quivers and shakes, and fades. And with that, Merlin will turn. Uh, I need you to make another dexterity saving throw. It was all. Did I get anything for that nat 20? Or? Uh, yeah. You did not get hit. 10? Okay. The hand and you move from this time tunnel to the next as it carries you out. And the two figures disappear back into this void. Um, as that is happening, you see the portal change as these tendrils come out from this lich's cape hungering mouths begin to open teeth begin to rip and tear as the portal itself is used as an opening for this outer being to create a space a tiny sliver in this crystal prison of mists and as they do that they fade from this reality and all you hear from Merlin is you always were the most disappointing replicant, Ozol. And they disappear. Uh, the hand frees you from that. Time resumes around you as everything fades to black. The weight of an entire castle crushing down upon you. I need everyone in the party to make a perception check. Uh, 13. 13 for Ozol. 21 for Burn. 21. Kranglis gets an 8. One second. Sorry, I'm switching. Uh, yo, you're good. 17 uh, for so Stolas. Nice. Um, two things happen. 
there is a brilliant flash of light before you are encompassed into the castle, collapsing upon you, as you see Marius disappear. He's just gone in a flash of light. The next thing that happens is you feel cold hands, giant cold hands, as these monolithic steel figures interpose themselves between you, grab onto you, and you guys disappear. Uh, go ahead and just focus on that. Perfect. Um, where crushing weight should be and the embrace of darkness should be, you instead are standing under these two monolithic figures of angels. The giant beings who grasped you, moving you from the mists, are on either side of you, and to your south, there is a shadowed, angelic figure standing and watching you. Uh, go ahead and roll initiative. We're going to use it for social initiative here. Well, all got a 10. Nice. Uh, 18 I got a nine. Stolen. I got a... Oh, uh, burn oh, click your token shit. again, bud. Yeah, you're good. That's okay. Uh, where's my token? There it is. And initiative. A 19. 15 for Kranglis. Two <laughs> massive crows, the size of your six feet tall, size of, of a standard human are perched at the tip of the spear and burn you get to act first all right um okay uh who's this guy down here you are not sure he's staring at you um i walk forward Okay. And I ask, uh, um, where are we? What just happened? Uh, this shadowed angelic figure with glowing hair, this giant kind of sigil of like magic kind of floating behind their back where their wings are, looks down upon you. He says, well met, Burn Dawnbringer. You are in the Hall of Odin. Uh, as he says that, you hear a from north of where you are at. Like appearing a, like upon a the throne is the one eye himself. Uh, Burn is going to check on his friends really quick. Yeah. Is everyone okay? Are you hurt? 
I'm not. I don't even know where this is. I've never seen anything like it. It's beautiful. Ozol is in a state of shock. <laughs> yeah. Ozol, your your magnificent crystal, uh, we kind of have talked about how these facets form. Each time you learn something, each time you uh, imprison a new being inside your celestial castle uh, beyond time, each time you have an artifact, it kind of shimmers and grows, right? It has been diminished to a singular crystalline shard. Oh, we're getting bad static. Oh, sorry. Um, Ozal will say, it's not possible. The crystal cannot be taken. It can only be given. And he'll just sort of look at the shard, like, almost in shock, maybe in disbelief, that one Merlin um, had done that to him, and two, um, who this third party was. Trying to figure out what they're going to do with the crystal now. And then also just the fact that Magnus may be gone. Yes. So Ozal is very shocked, I guess. The the crystal itself almost is normally it's like this kind of blue, beautiful, sparkling, faceted crystal. It's like dull black, like it's like a burnt out light bulb. But that's that's all I'll say about this for time. We'll we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, as you guys are kind of huddled up talking, um, go ahead and zoom out just a little more, Zach. Um, north of you, this monolithic one-eyed figure kind of looks towards you and he says well we should get on with it should we not uh he will slam his staff down one more time and i need each of you to make an intelligence saving throw do they get my bonus yes they do all right I rolled a 16. 22 for Ozol. Uh, I'm sorry, is that an advantage again? or? Uh, it's plus five. <laughs> so you just, yeah. Perfect. Still has got 11. So 16. Okay, those of you... Um, Dini, can you uh, check your gain on your uh, mic, on your system settings? You're, like, really quiet. Okay. You kind of blink, it takes a second, and the Allfather from his throne says, I do not mean you any harm. I merely offer you sight beyond sight. Um... How Odin's many of you beard? <laughs> I knew it was going to come too. Uh, how many of you want to willingly s- fail the saving throw? Uh, you're kind of grappling against this power uh, that you could definitely feel is trying to overwhelm you, but he is also trying to not be so forceful that it harms your poor little mortal body. Um, Burns pretty willing because I mean it's Odin, like. He's a paladin, so he's kind of believes in otherworldly, kind of celestial, kind of, you know, 
Yeah, so yeah. Burn, 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 burn's not putting up much of a fight. Okay. Stolas has been through a lot today, so he's just sort of giving in to this. So he's just like, okay, whatever. Okay. He will willingly what about, fail. <laughs> what about Kranglis? Kranglis? Well, well <laughs> I don't think Kranglis is in uh, the position to want to fail something, so he's going to try not to. <laughs> sight beyond sight. Thundercats. Yes, Abdulio, you got my reference. Yes. Uh, what about Ozal? Burn orders into. <laughs> Uh, Ozal will not fail willingly. Okay, Ozal, you take ten psychic damage. Okay, and in ten more seconds, you will take ten psychic damage for passing the check. For, uh, for choosing to fight against the check. Okay, you are just not no. You you don't have to. It's up I to guess. you. I mean, you I'll are. You are grappling minds with a being outside of your capability, if that makes sense. So the the harmful effects of doing that are he will keep imposing his will. And if you are stubborn enough, it's going to hurt. Um, well, I guess I as, things. <laughs> <laughs> as you are, are doing that, he will kind of look at you and he's like, Faith, young man, faith. Have faith. Uh, Rat the witness will look towards you, uh, who just appears out of nowhere from your right, and he nods to you and he says, "It's, it's okay, Ozal. I'm, I'm here for you, and so are the others." The others. Off and to the right, you see some familiar faces. Oh, not Marius. Marius is not here. It's a me, a Marius. <laughs> uh, you see Zanvin, Bork, Timbus. Um, oh God, I wrote this down. Where is it in my notes? Lady Landerice. Yeah, there it is. And Burn, do you remember your character's name? Um, Arnog. There it is. Oh, the little dwarf? Yeah. <laughs> With the axe? Yeah, from our one shot. Oh, yeah, the Irish guy. Oi. Uh, they kind of nod to you, but they are very stoically kind of standing here. They almost seem like they have been here longer than you, potentially. Um, Rat will begin to speak. He says... Divine hosts, honored guests, we commune this day for I tribunal to deliberate the events that have unfolded over the past 12 years since Vecna and Merlin were freed from the 13 missed prisons. We are joined, and can zoom all the way out for this one, By our celestial hosts, Bahamut. Burn? No, nothing from Burn? Okay. Oh. Um. <clears throat> Wait, did, can I, we see Bahamut? Yeah, dude, zoom out on the map. What? Helm. 
Gaunt and Mask, who are oh, loading in. this map is huge. Our residents from the Plain of Shadow, Islington, and his servant. His LinkedIn. Wow. Ooh. Professional. Uh, Mistral? Also, no, not Mistral. How dare you? We're, we're getting there. Um, our delegations from Siju, Sigil, Dabu Dabu, who's kind of this weird-looking humanoid figure, and representatives from Fairy, Lord Oberon and Queen Titania. Our hosting tribunal members, who will be deciding the fate of this adventuring party, from Fairy, the heir of Queen and Darkness, Queen Mab, Kelimvor, the god of death, and Azuth, lord of wizards and ally to our fallen Mistra. Let that sink in for just a little bit. Uh, yeah, so you guys are in this monolithic hall on an upper plane. Now kind of being held on trial. Anything from our players before I continue? Um, no, Burn is just freaking out because Bahamut is like right here. Like in like a fangirl yeah, kind of like way? Yeah, just like can't believe his eye. <laughs> and we're surrounded by like like, like he's almost in tears like he's so beautiful Ozol I I don't know any of these people <laughs> I know Bahamut but Ozol Burn. doesn't really have faith so these are just like I know, I know that they're gods but Burn. Mistra would be the god that Ozol would you probably would to? know Azuth. He is a a minor deity of wizards and magic. This guy? Uh, so go up. There's actually, sorry, you're going to have to zoom way out on this map. I'm, I apologize to our viewers. Um, so there are three deities that are forming this tribunal in front of you, below Odin's throne, so north from where you're at. You'll be standing right there. Oh, I see. Okay. Do Queen Mav, Callum. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, Queen Mav is here? I mean, sure. I guess Ozol's impressed. Ozol doesn't really oh, have faith that's outside okay. of like Mistra. So Ozol, I mean, Ozol's bummed. How do you take the, the news Mistra's that she has here. fallen? I mean, that happened a long time ago. So Ozol yes. knows about that. Yeah, Ozol was there. He was there on the day of reckoning. Burn gets very sad, and he asks Wait. anybody who would listen, "Where is our friend Marius?" Uh, the angel south of you, Remiel, will speak up. The angelic being Marius, as you know him, will have his own separate tribunal for his crimes because they are beings of the upper plane and they are judged more harshly than you mere mortal lives. Crimes? What crimes? Marius is uh, an honorable man. As you say that, rat kind of will like... like <sighs> Yes. Um, moderator, if I may, may I shed this form? And uh, Ramiel will kind of nod. 
And as he does, he kind of shimmers for a moment and comes back as this large tiger-like figure uh, with a lion's head, wings, a lion's body. Oh my god! As he turns into a Geno Sphinx. To this, Ozol will pull his hood down and <laughs> bow before the Geno Sphinx. Burn kind of looks at Ozol, then back at the rat, the witness guy, back to Ozol, then he'll bow kind of like sheepishly. Yeah, Ozol will grab Burn like <laughs> to like make him kneel and say, "My dear boy, you're embarrassing me in front of the Geno Sphinx." <laughs> Uh, My apologies. You get an arched eyebrow from for those of you with passive perceptions from the throne of Odin as you bow before what is not even a minor deity, just a great creature uh, who will reverently kind of spread his wings and bow back towards you. Oh, because we didn't bow to Odin? <laughs> we didn't bow to any of the gods. I mean, other than Burn, who kind of was like, oh my god, I know him. I know him. <laughs> uh... Uh, and he will formally introduce himself as Theparos, uh, a guardian of time. She? Yes, sorry. She will formally introduce herself as Theparos, a guardian of time. I appreciate that. Um, wow. I never would have guessed. <laughs> it's a Geno Sphinx. Andrew Sphinx are the male. Well, yeah, no, I meant, I... I meant Rat the Witness being this thing. Uh, Kelimvor will just kind of his cloaked figure and shadowiness will just kind of <laughs> shake his head. And um, the tribunal continues kind of moving past your gawking awe. Um, each of these tribunal gods speaks in turn uh, as they read out your charges. Uh, they all say in unison that you stand accused of the following crimes. Uh, Kelimvor will say the unnatural regeneration of life. And he kind of gestures towards Ozol. The death of a minor deity will come from Azuth as they gesture to all of you. And then uh, he will add, under his breath, and Marius. That would be Strahd. What was all the Breaking of the third law of magic, thou shalt not swim the streams of time. And he looks both towards the Geno Sphinx and Ozol. Consorting with beings from the far realm, says Queen Mab, looking at you, Stolos. Releasing the great evil trapped within the 13 mists, as they gesture to the group again. Arming Merlin and Vecna with artifacts of great power. And failing to stop the escape of two greater celestial beings from the mist prisons. How do you plead? Not guilty. Not guilty. Honestly, I'm totally guilty of everything they've said. Queen Mab now. Ozal will scoot slightly to the right <laughs> away from Stolas. <laughs> <laughs> Still, I was just like, I did that shit. Uh, what will Kranglis say? Kranglis is, um, he's Kranglis. just listening to these things happen and, or be said about the group. And obviously there are some things that he 
witnessed other things he didn't. Uh, so... Does Kratos have, hit. like, autonomy, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, of course he does, but, uh... Ozol will say, um... All of these charges, we've only potentially committed them due to a situation we were put in. What would you have us do? We were brought by the mist to Ravenloft. I will address that in just a second. Abdulio, uh, the death of a minor deity would be the reference to the Nightlander being eaten. And thank you for your donation. Um, I choose to stand with my commander. Nice. Uh, yes, it was all. They look at you and they say, the mists are not our creation. In a sense. They choose heroes and test their might for those who might be chosen as champions of our great pantheon. Byrne was chosen for his courage by Bahamut to prove himself against Strahd. Marius was chosen by the Vistani people and the Night Mother to save a deity who had almost gone extinct. Ozal, you were chosen for redemption. And so was Stolas. A chance to pull Hadar into the mists for good and to have him be trapped there for all of eternity. Kringlis, it is unfortunate that your adventuring crew fell and you were buried in the swamps of Perez. I'm sorry. But unfortunately... (laughs) I love the cool detachment. Um... The Genus Sphinx, Thepros will kind of look towards uh, the greater deities, and he's like, um, My lords, I would not presume, being that I am not a greater deity who reigns upon in a celestial mountain above the realms of man, but perhaps you should explain the events that have occurred since the freedom of these two beings. And he kind of looks to you guys. Would you like to know the evil you have unleashed? Or would you like to skip to judgment? I'm kind of curious. I'm sorry, who is he asking this to? You guys. Yes. Unleashed evil? We've destroyed Strahd. What do you speak of? Um... Thepros will kind of step over and their eyes begin to kind of flicker and project the entirety of the realms. This giant cosmological wheel that shows each of the planes, both upper and lower, the Shadowfell, the Feywild, the Material Plane. And way off to one side, there is this, looks kind of like an infinity symbol, a, a twisted figure eight. And they begin to explain... This represents the mists. The the prisons are a paradox. They lie both within the Far Realm and the Shadowfell. However, they are not exclusive to either. Beings such as yourselves, heroes, are chosen to undergo a trial in the mists. And if they overcome it, they are granted back to their own kingdom, where they will go on to be great heroes of their era. However... With your test, 
Not only did you kill Strahd, but you severed the tie to the plane and destroyed the entire prison of Barovia and everyone that was within it. And it kind of sets for a second. And it zooms over to this prison, and you can see 13 spheres, each of them labeled a different thing. Um, one of them, Barovia, you kind of see implode, breaking this chain of these 13 crystal spheres. And then he zooms way into the middle. Inside these 13 prisons, there is a 14th prison. It is held in contest against the other mists so that they may never escape. You created a gap when you severed the link to Vampire with Strahd, destroying the plane. You overachieved on your test, if you will. In some ways. In other ways, you also doomed an entire society. Doomed an already doomed society? How do you figure? It is a closed system, and those who are there were there to be punished. He kind of shrugs. Um, you put us in this situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How are we to be found guilty of your misjudgment? You put us in this the, situation. The dark powers put you in this situation. We are not the only ones who preside over the mists. It is a contest of law and chaos, as all things are. Good and evil. Everything has balance. Where we have power, they have power. Or at least we did. And then he kind of... The um, Teperos's images kind of figures and wanes and you see from Stolas's perspective Vecna and Merlin escaping through this wormhole of teeth and hunger um, as they escape they move through time and space to other planes they begin to amass power and objects and they finally land at Saloon who is a chaotic good deity a goddess of knowledge, life, and twilight. Um, you see Merlin pull out one of the shards of Tenebris, and it expands, and then everything kind of fades to static. And they say that as best as we can figure, Merlin created you, and he points to you, Ozol, as a device of retrieval. Your whole goal for being drawn to the mists was to free him originally. It was a quote-unquote test to see if you could be autonomous outside of how you were created. However, all you did was bring him his spellbook, his power, his genius loci, and the dream of a beholder, which could be used against a god. And then he kind of gestures to Saloon. They imprisoned Saloon and stole the celestial staircase. The celestial staircase is an infinitely complex magical device used by deities to traverse not only time and planes, but space. Through this, they were able to manipulate events um, towards great evil. And he kind of, you start seeing this, they kind of zoom back into the Sword Coast. Uh, and there's like these heroes and they're fighting off the, these dragon call tests. And you kind of see this gateway open up as Merlin and... Uh, Vecna emerge and they begin just killing these these great heroes, these beings who should be saving the Sword Coast and altering the timeline. And they're like, you have wreaked 
irreparable damage by freeing them. And then it just keeps going through different events of time and space. Uh, you see them go to the jungles of Cholt, and there's this giant pyramid. Uh, inside this pyramid, there is this large container. Uh, they explain to you that this is the Soulmonger. While you were gone, there was another lich named Asararak who created a device that fed on the souls of the dead. Instead of them being funneled not only to the celestial planes and the new ones being born so that there's an even distribution of souls, it was sucking all of the souls into it to feed this death curse. Those who had died or had died and been brought back lost their soul. And as that was done, it fed into this receptacle of power. Vecna and Aserak and Merlin came to an agreement that if Vecna was to rise to power, that Aserak would bend the knee and yield him the power of the Soulmonger. Our Upper Plains deities feared that we would not be strong enough at some point as our worshiper base was being destroyed and heroes were being destroyed and towns were being destroyed that we could not stop him at some point and our power was diminished as little by little he altered time and space to wreak his evil plan so helm was dis or i'm sorry not helm tear was dispatched to deal with it uh tear is a lawful good god of justice uh, he's known as the Maimed God because he's missing a hand and two eyes. And Odin kind of, you see him kind of like hang his head in shame. And he's like, and he will speak and say, he was one of my greatest sons. Uh, you see him claiming not only the hand and the eye of Vecna, but a weapon called the Sword of Cast, specifically designed to deal with this threat. Uh, as they engage in this battle of, of combats, a god versus a demigod, the sword turns on him as Vecna's hand rotates on Tyr's body, and Tyr is caught off guard. And Vecna laughs. He says, you think that you could use my power against me? And he slays Tyr and absorbs his deityhood. He will then reclaim the sword, sever the hand, that is his, reattach it to his own body, and then reinsert the eye that he lost as Vecna becomes complete. Tyr's death was able to destroy the infinite staircase, so Vecna's evil could not spread more. But now, we are stuck in a situation where these deities here have traveled to have this tribunal, and the only way they can travel the Upper Plains is with the use of the Rainbow Bridge. Sweet. So, that leads us to events here and what we decide to do with you. The gods have sealed the Upper Plains. The, uh, they will gesture down south to Dabu Dabu the city of Sigil, the city of Doors, has been sealed by the Lady of Pain, according to that. Fairy has secured its borders so that the Feywild will no longer encroach upon the material plane. And the Realm of Shadows, and he kind of gestures towards Zolthus, and towards um, Islington, he says, has also 
somewhat been contained, though we fear that Vecna's power has reached into the darkness and is now leeching into the material plane. So I say again, you plead innocent, but this whole event lies on your shoulders. I, I'm so What would you have us do? If you uh, couldn't stop them, and we're ignorant to their schemes, I, we survived. I don't understand Who? how we are responsible for releasing these deities. They showed up at the very last minute after defeating Strahd, and I tried with every ounce of my power to keep this crystal. It literally was broken in my own arms. What would you have had us do? Burn, I'm going to start with you. Who are you specifically talking to? Are you talking to the tribunal in front of you or to the whole room? And same question for you, Ozal, when we come to you. Um, I, who, who's telling us the story? Rat? The witness? Uh, yes. Yeah, I guess. I mean, to the room as a whole, but like Rat's the one monologuing here, so. But everyone, I guess? Okay. Ozal? <coughs> I guess I I just don't understand what they're ha- hus- hustling us about right now. Like, we we were brought against our will to this place, and survived the miss, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we a- were not responsible for Merlin being released, as as far as I understand, or uh, Vecna. So I don't understand that. And then I I guess I'm just lost. <laughs> I'm That's so okay. lost about everything that you just said. I didn't understand any of it. Oh, so oh, oh what no. you just said, all this whole events that are happening, they went back in time and did those things, or that's what's yes. happening so, now? So the infinite staircase, so as you freed them, they were able to yeah. escape. I and guess explain use... the staircase, because that yeah. I've never heard that so, before. That's okay. Well, and nor would you as a mortal, right? It is a, a road for gods to travel both time, space, and plane with. It is a very powerful magic uh, creation that Saloon presided over. Uh, for deities to not only commune with each other, but for her, since she kind of is this guardian of night, and other things, to travel the multiverse and time and space with. You guys killing Strahd, and not only killing Strahd, but severing the sword, which was the link to Vampyr. Um, I guess I, I should explain that too. There must always be a Strahd. Whoever that is, there must always be someone to contain the mists and to contain Merlin and Vecna. And you killed the only chance of anyone with uh, Vampyr ruling, right? In the shadows, right? Because it's okay. his prison too. There must but, always be a Strahd. But Strahd's a piece of shit. That's a net positive. He's dead. Um, <laughs> like, events would say otherwise. But as as you guys are kind of proclaiming this, Odin, Odin will wink towards you, burn, and say... The game is rigged in our favor. The rules of the upper planes are not told to mortal on purpose because you are playing a game you were not designed to understand. Then I accept my punishment. I would not have changed a thing. I did what I thought was right. Uh, Okay. The tribunal will convene. They kind of disappear from your sight. 
And you guys are temporarily freed to walk about the room as they decide your fate. Burn runs immediately over to Bahamut. Don't even even say bye to his friends. Go ahead and place yourselves in the room, and then we'll go back through this uh, turn order. (laughs) And uh, we'll we'll start with... Let's start with Ozal um, and work our way through the turn order that way. So, Kranglis, Stolos, go ahead and put yourselves wherever you want to be. Uh, And you two as well. Ozal. I, I mean, I... Where the tribunal left... They, they have disappeared from your reality, essentially, to deliberate what they are going okay. to do with you. Ozal's going to talk to... Th- uh, how do you pronounce this? Um, Genosphinx? Oh, man. I, have to, I always look... I wrote it down. Theparos? Yeah, Theparos. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. You, you have Theparos' attention as they kind of turn towards you. Ozal will say, I, I I, don't... It's not possible, Theparos. How did he take the crystal? I'm not sure that it is my place to say, young one. Perhaps, if Magnus is still in there, you could commune and get the whole story from him. I fear he kind of will flap his wings as this wind kind of kicks up, deafening your like whispered words from traveling outside of this kind of small sphere between the two of you. Almost like a zone of silence that extends outside temporarily. I fear that sharing more information here will only hurt our cause. Ozal will say, um... Can you clarify also? I don't understand. Yeah. Ozal has a piece of the crystal on the staff still? or Yeah, so he was not able okay. to claim the whole crystal. You okay. still sure. you think probably Magnus's defiance overextended sure. and was able to leave you with a piece of the crystal. Okay, so Ozal will ask uh, Thepros, when I died in Barovia, there was a message from Merland, and it seemed positive. Was he corrupted this whole time? It told me to search you out, though I can't imagine this corrupted Merlin would like such a thing. Merlin's tale is one of tragedy. He saw the fall of Arcadia coming long before. Much like you, he was also a diviner and a chromancer. He often wanted to save the world from the spell plague and time and time again used the chronosphere to travel through time to find objects of power make packs deals anything he could to stop the destruction of your world fate would have it elsewhere every time the spell plague would happen it would explode he would use his last magics of divination to rewind just a little bit to escape in the narrow glimpse of time. So Merlin began seeking power elsewhere, fearing that if gods would not help him and if the weave was not powerful enough on its own to stop something designed to eat magic, that he would search the lower planes. And he created you as a contingency plan. You and the Council of Merlin. 
what he did not anticipate is every time you died, not only in this reality and in parallel realities and multiple universes, that Ozols would align themselves across the multiverse to create a metaphysical hive mind. The Council of Ozol, designed to help Merlin find a way out. Again, I can only tell you so much. Magnus was there. Magnus is the first. Capundrian Magnus is not what you think he is. He was twisted and warped and changed, and while he has become a force for good, he has not always been that way. Merlin sought power any way he could. Primordial, draconic, demonic. And Thepros kind of stops talking. I've said too much. So the man I once knew as my master is no longer. He could be um, in there. And kind of shrugs. Does um, Ozal think that there's time to portent? Or are we like not? So actually interesting that you would say that. Roll Arcana as you try to divine time around 12. 12. Um, you cannot perceive the flow of time in this place. Uh, it is actually shifting both clockwise and counterclockwise. It is flowing with itself and against itself simultaneously, which should be impossible from everything you know about the flow of time. But you also realize that you on the, you are on a neutral plane, specifically the plane of Valhalla, or Yisgard, the actual domain. This place is designed as an not only an afterlife, right, but as a presiding realm for its deities. They are a neutral plane. What you know about this plane is that they are one of the few pantheons that do not require followers to maintain their power. They are aspects of power that just exist, which you think is probably why, not only because it's neutral territory, but probably why you are presiding in Odin's Hall here rather than doing it in an upper plane which you also have learned have been recently sealed as their god's powers have been diminished to try to help contain the spread of Vecna's taint ew, um, ew. <laughs> so you cannot currently portent on the plane you are on you do not have the understanding or power to do so okay well um I guess Ozal will uh just pull out the old pipe, have a smoke, I guess. <laughs> I, there's nothing I can... <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day. Also, Ozol's out of day already, so... Dude, this is, we should have named this episode Ozol's Bad Day. It's poor Ozol, for real. Burn, you... Would, you would, would Sprint be a fair verb for how you approach your, your living god? Burn's never moved so fast in his life. A double dash, if you will, mechanically speaking. Yeah, yeah you, you approach this celestial dragon who you can only assume has shrunk himself to fit into the space that he is in, and he is still gargantuan. And he's kind of resting off to the side, uh, wings spread, angelic glow. What would you like to say? Your Majesty, Bahamut, I have served you, and I hope I have made you proud. It is an honor. You hear 
a deafening roar as his celestial voice speaks to you. And it comes out in three tones. It comes out in celestial, it comes out in draconic, and it comes out in common. The weird thing is, is Kringlis standing behind you, you only hear the common part and not necessarily the other ones as Byrne communes with his deity. And well, he says... Well, Byrne speaks oh, celestial, doesn't he? Well, I don't know. But if you're covered, I think you speak all three, technically. So you hear okay. it three times. Okay. And he says, you have made me proud, my son. And he, <laughs> uh, a single tear as his head kind of hovers over you, drops from his, his draconic face and lands perfectly under your helmet. He says, you have kept the creed, never removed your helmet or your armor. You have been a shining beacon. You even redeemed a fallen silver dragon. No hero could ever hold a candle to your song, my son. As this tear hits you, Burn, it solidifies as an eye patch over your ruined eye. Nice. He says, wear your scars proudly and forever remember this moment. Anything else you want to ask your god? Tell me your song. Yeah, he, he begins to tell you the, the histories of dragons, and uh, I mean, do you want me to get into that, or you want me to just... No, no, you can, yeah, you can, as he talks to me, you know, and yeah. burns basically in tears, because you know, his god just told him he's proud of him, so... Vern is just the happiest, happiest big, big boy on the planet. Your papa's favorite son right now. <laughs> he kind of will shelter his wings like around you, creating this little funnel around you and Kranglis. Um, yeah. Helm just kind of stoically sits in the chair across from him. And based on your passive perception, it's hard to read a god, but... Anger is definitely written across his armor if he had anything. Uh, and Marius is nowhere to be seen currently. Stolos. Actually, let's do Kranglis first since you're with Burn over here. Sorry. Kranglis, what are you doing as you see Burn cuddle with his papa? <laughs> um, well, first of all, Kranglis is in awe of Bahamut. Uh, He's arguably larger than any creature he's probably ever seen and significantly more beautiful. Um, he sees that his commander is like, ex like prostrating himself in front of this creature. And so he's just, uh, he, he honestly just sort of like kneels down and, and kind of like waits and just observes what's happening because he, Assumes that this is like his higher officer, so he's definitely, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's definitely yes. uh, going to pay his respect to Bahamut. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, we'll hop over to Stolas. Stolas, you are actually approached by Queen Titania herself, a fairy. As you kind of stand here alone by yourself, what what are you thinking as as this being is walking up, or what is Stolas doing before I, I just jump into this approach? 
Uh, before before she approached, Stolas was observing the room and admiring the feathers of Romiel, though he's kind of frightened of it. He doesn't really know what that thing is, so he's staying put. Uh, listening to the conversation between Theparos uh, and Ozol as well, just kind of gleaning information while he awaits his uh, inevitable fate. Nice. The most beautiful woman... Does that go up and to the right, please? You have ever seen approaches you. Wow. Um, radiant green grass and leaves kind of make up this gown. Uh, she's trailing butterflies like a... Almost like a... Um, like a wedding train. Like, you know how, like, brides have that, like, long sweeping piece of fabric? And as she walks, they kind of flut behind her and land back on her creating this wake effect of butterflies uh and she's she's much taller than you you know she's like 15 feet 10 15 feet and uh she'll kind of bend down on one knee and offer a handout to you and she says a creature that treasures beauty is a creature worth caring for and she extends a handout she says queen titania of the summer court oh wow yeah. Is it like uh, she's reaching her hand out like a... Like to introduce herself. Oh, nice. Um, Stolas is... He's not stupid. He understands that this is like the, bi- the big leagues here. <laughs> he's uh, He takes a knee and he takes her hand and places his forehead against it. As you do that, your whole life flashes past your eyes as you touch her hand almost as if your memories have transferred to her in some unformed agreement she says a creature that would feed a goddess to her patron my my a treasured being indeed and someone who preens themselves so regularly if you would ever like to shed yourself of that hideous beast Surely I would have a place for you in my court, Stolos the Redeemed. As it happens, I have dedicated myself to the eventual quest of ridding myself of my former obligations to Hadar in hopes of fixing the things that I've done. She will kind of nod. Um, She'll pull back her hand and clasp both of her hands together. And they kind of shine like like summer in her hand. That's a really bad description, Cody. Come on. As she places her hands together, summer light and warmth radiates as a single golden oak leaf is formed in her hand. And she says, well, and kind of flicks it out and extends it to you. Call upon me when you reach the mortal plane. If you are indeed wanting to rid yourself of your patron, I would gladly take his place. And she kind of gives you a sweeping bow and hands you a golden oak leaf. Uh, You can note that down as a token from Titania.
Any last remarks before she departs? Stolas? You're on mute, Dini. Uh. Oh, oh, hello? Can you hear me? Oh, no, I can now. You're good. Go ahead. Okay, that's weird. Sorry, I uh, muted you because we, we had some bad static, so. Oh, I see. Uh, he says to her, I don't know if you heard this. But I did not. No, go ahead. He says, this is a very precious gift. Thank you. And he will clutch it to his, uh, his chest. Okay. Uh, she will depart to go sit with her husband, who is kind of uh, clad in this black steel armor. And uh, his cape is made up of what looks like giant like uh, butterfly wings that kind of sit around him in the mantle. Uh, time passes, uh, and you guys reconvene at the middle as Remiel kind of claps his hands, bringing the room back to order. So go ahead and put yourselves back in the middle as we begin deliberations. Um, let's see, I can drag. Oh, I'm on the wrong layer. That's why I can't move anything. Oh, come on. Sorry, my roll 20 is chugging here. Um, here. And here. Uh, the three gods return to your site uh, after an unspecified amount of time has passed in this realm. As they do that, um, Kelimvor will speak. Uh, neutral god of death. And he says, unfortunately, due to the extenuating circumstances, we, the tribunal, have decided that you are too dangerous to let loose upon the mortal plane. And silence fills the room. Uh, oh, go ahead, Ozone. Dangerous? Dangerous, indeed. The damage you have caused is unfathomable. And we sentence you to death. And then you hear a familiar voice burn and Stolos as memory becomes flooding back to you of a cloaked figure on a ship on an adventure when you first began setting off from Garen's rest to avenge his eventual death. The older brother of Zanvin nicknamed the Angel of Death because he was the best assassin at his job, that eventually he gained so much renown that he was chosen as a reaper of death. What you didn't know in the background is he had been one the whole time. His job was to take out contracts given to him by upper beings to kill those who should be dead and reap them to the other side. He just wanted to help his little brother along the way. And he says, <clears throat> Objection, my lord. If, if I may, and he kind of like scoots in, uh, appearing from shadows. 
I do believe Rimiel's job was to watch over the mists. And he kind of points a finger at the angel behind you. Guardian of shadows and of the prisons. And he has failed in his duties. Um, Theparos, like, looks up towards Islington and then back to the group. And he's like, yeah. Or she's like, yes, 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 indeed. I, I too, concur. Uh squabbling begins to kind of erupt across the room as beings greater than you start to try and overturn and revoke this judgment. And then you hear a <laughs> from Odin's throne. And Islington goes, ah, yes. And being that this is not your realm, you cannot pass judgment here, even though you are an elected tribunal. Judgment must be carried out on your own planes for each individual being Hmm. And I would offer a wager. These heroes have gotten us into this mess. Perhaps they can get us out. And he kind of smiles from under his hood. Uh, his wings erupt from behind him. And he says, and I would even wager one of my little brothers. Zolthus, you appear in a shadow of mist... Uh, you were at a table eating, kind of just minding your own business, not fully understanding why you were here on the upper plains with being potentially cast out from your Shatter Kai kin. And you were being offered as token and leverage. As Islington says, and this is the chip I offer, not only my divinity as he who chooses the dead, and ferries them across according to our lord's will but i offer his soul as well one of the shatter kai the raven queen of whom i believe this tribunal also has an issue with so this do you have anything you'd like to say as you are being bargained away to this group of adventurers uh well there's a lot of <laughs> So I was teleported in here, sorry? Uh, or how did yes. how did I appear here, sorry? Um, you were actually eating at one of the lower tables. Yes, Islington. I saw that, yeah. Yep. And as Islington just kind of inserts himself as this judgment being passed, almost as if this trump card had been planned from the beginning, uh, you appear at his side as he offers not only your aid to right the wrongs that have happened, but leverages your soul and his power to this tribunal of beings. Alright. Why would I need to be brought into this group? Why would I be given this judgment as well? Because, little brother, and he kind of like hisses to you quietly on the side as you guys kind of share this whispered talk. If you return home, the Raven Queen will not allow you to keep operating as a Shatterkai who does not believe in her cause. I am offering you an out and a chance to see the mortal planes. I have no objections. <laughs> and then from the throne, Odin says, I accept and pass judgment. They will be released back to Faerun. Yay! Sweet. 
All right. Um, oh, sorry. Let me pull you on the board here. Anything from our heroes as as the as we begin to fade out? Nope. Um, like we're being pulled away from this. Oh. Oh yeah. Well, there's a little bit of time that passes, but yeah. I was gonna I'll, say Burn just was gonna turn around and wave to uh, Bahamut and then bow to Odin, kind of pay his respects to everybody. Yeah. Um. With an angry tribunal of deities who were not able to exact vengeance due to uh, bullshit loophole, uh, you are ushered very quickly from the throne room. You can see the fields of the Einherjar who train for Ragnarok, um, the and are you are ushered to the Rainbow Bridge. Standing before you, you see a tall, handsome man clad in this kind of golden copper armor. He is ebony of skin, and his eyes glow like that of a universe. And he asks you, what is your destination? And that's our episode. What? Yep. That is episode zero. Wow. Uh, Next time you join us, our players are going to actually get to pick where they insert themselves into the sword coast itself um and what problem they would like to tackle first uh i will kind of run down those uh potential issues and areas that they can quote unquote spawn into uh using the rainbow bridge and we will pick up our adventure from there unfortunately and you guys are like oh it was really short and i would agree it was pretty short but episode zero was kind of set up and i can't prep every zone and memorize everything so this is kind of our sweet spot for giving you a little taste of the tone of this adventure and the background and a session zero and a little bit of role play. So I have been your dungeon master, Cody J. And thank you for joining us this evening. And I hope we see you for episode one next time. Bye. Goodbye.